0: And welcome to the latest episode of A Hitchhiker's Guide to Scottish Literature. We are doing a very special edition this time, and we are on the road. We're in the very lovely Hay on Why Book Festival, and we have a very special guest with us here today. Um, As ever, I'm Vicky Reilly.
1: And I'm Christian Kerr. And with us today is
0: the very wonderful Alexander McCall-Smith. Hello. Hello, Vicky.
2: Good morning.
0: (laughs) Yes, and we're here today especially, but not exclusively, to talk about the phenomenon that is the number one ladies' detective agency. Um, can you believe that it's now twenty years since you uh, since the the series began? Well,
2: th- those twenty years have passed very quickly, <laughs> and as is always the case when years pass quickly, it's it's difficult to believe that they they have done so. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know uh, i I think it's about yesterday that I sat down and. Started what I thought would be a short story about a woman in Botswana who mm-hmm. sets up a little business that happens to be the number one ladies' detective agency, uh, and uh, then I made that into a novel. Uh, but that doesn't seem twenty years good. Yeah. I'm now writing volume nineteen. I know. We, we skipped a, skipped a year somewhere along <laughs> along <laughs> yeah. the line. Or I, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so uh, the, yes, it's been a long uh, it's been a long process and uh, and a wonderful journey for mm. me. Uh, as you can imagine.
0: And when you wrote that short story for your friends, w- was it was it them that said, you know, you've got something here?
2: Well, I don't think I wrote it for friends as such. I think that when I wrote it, I probably didn't have any audience mm. in mind, uh, because I was then writing uh, for various, uh, I suppose, for various publishers. I had had a collection of short stories published. I, I uh, did occasional short stories for radio and so on mm-hmm. so I didn't, really have, have, have mind, uh, friends, I didn't really have have it in mind for friends and I didn't really have it in mind for publication actually uh-huh. when I first wrote it I just wanted to put it down on paper uh, and then once I realised that uh, I rather liked the central character who was this woman <laughs> precious Ramatsui uh, I thought that I would make it into something rather larger and of course it grew until it was a, a full length novel
0: yeah and um Everybody loves Precious Remotswi as well. When, when did she sort of come into your brain as to, to even... Did you always know that you wanted to write about Botswana and...
2: Well, I think uh, there was uh, a moment uh, when I thought I would write about a woman who lived in Botswana. Uh, so I can identify mm. that uh, particular moment. Uh, and that was many years ago uh, when I was visiting friends in uh, a little town uh, called Machuli, north of Cabroni, the capital of Botswana. And the friends with whom I was staying uh, had been offered a, a chicken uh, for uh, Independence Day lunch the following day because it was the anniversary of Botswana's independence and it was a national holiday. And uh, so this person had very kindly offered my, my host um, a chicken. So we went off to collect the chicken from uh, this woman who lived in the village. And I can see her... Even today, although it's a long time ago, I can see her standing in her yard and she was wearing a red dress and the chicken was walking around <laughs> the yard as well, unaware of, of the cruel fate, I'm afraid. Oh Wait. dear! Yes, I'm sorry, the story doesn't end. Well the, for the chicken, no! <laughs> no, it's, uh, there's a certain sense of uh, awful inevitability to it. And uh, she, she chased this uh, unfortunate chicken round the, round the yard and there was a lot of uh, dust and feathers and kerfuffle. <laughs> and she eventually then did the, did the, uh, the deed with the, the chicken and handed it over to, to um, my hostess. And uh, I thought, what a remarkable woman. And I wondered about her background because she had this very neatly kept yard, uh, small house. And I remember thinking that she probably had raised a family in probably quite difficult circumstances mm. in that it didn't look as if there was much money about and uh, I thought it would be interesting one day to write a story about somebody like that, mm-hmm. uh, set in Botswana, uh, because I found Botswana uh, an absolutely beguiling country, yeah. uh, a marvellous marvelous country and the more time I spent in, in Botswana uh, the more the country got under my skin so mm-hmm. to speak. And um, Later, and it was many years later, uh, Mara came to me. Now, it's not Mara Matswe is not the person I saw mm-hmm. in that village, uh, but she was, I suppose, the trigger of the imaginative process, which led to the arrival of Mara <laughs> And um, once she had walked into my life, as is the case, I think, with any literary characters, or I find this at least, once that happens, then you're engaged in a conversation mm. and in this case it turned out to be a very long conversation <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which hasn't quite finished yet I'm happy to say no. yeah. <laughs>
0: and did you always think when, when you started thinking of um, Precious that you would move into the, the crime genre
2: well not, not really because I've, I've never really regarded myself as being firmly placed or yeah. appropriately placed in that genre <laughs> now that's something which I suppose a lot of people who write um, books about crime uh, will say that most crime mm. novelists will say, "Oh, I'm not a crime novelist. No, I'm, I'm just happen to be writing about it." Yeah. So the, uh, there is, there is that. Uh, in my case, uh, I'd say that we don't really get crime yeah. in these books. Uh, Maronotsky's private detective uh, agency is more of a sort of combination of an agony aunt establishment. Yeah. Mm and uh, psychological counselling <laughs> and uh, general, generally fixing up people's lives. That's what she says, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm here to help people with the problems of their life. So we don't actually have crime, we mm-hmm. have problems. Now having said that, of course, uh, it is called the number one Natives detective agency and therefore people who read books about detectives, real yeah. detectives, <laughs> will say, well, this is fun. And they appear not to, to be too no. concerned about the fact <laughs> that there's... With the 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 crime is missing from the crime, <laughs> 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 so fairly, in in many cases a fairly fatal flaw. But so I, I didn't think in, in those genre terms, and and I think in a way um, it's it's quite healthy to um, avoid the, the the constraints of genre, mm. uh, the to to clear cut constraints of, of genre, in that you can read something which actually is uh, concerned with crime uh, with crime with. Characters are detectives or whatever, and find out that the the book is actually really focusing on uh, a society or mm. place. Mm. Place is terribly important, as along with individual psychology and. Um,
1: yes, so the very first paragraph of the very <clears throat> first novel. You're talking about intuition as <clears throat> the sort of uh, number one <clears throat> asset, <clears throat> <laughs> um, but how it's something that's so difficult to quantify.
2: Yes, I think that intuition is is very important in these books because Mara Montri is an example of, I suppose, the intuitive personality. Mm. Uh, She understands things uh, on the basis of her experience of the world, but also her sense of what is right and what is proper and Mm. how how people work. Whereas um, many um, characters in in that sort of novel will uh, be far more uh, concerned with... um, uh, deducing uh, the truth from uh, from, the, from uh, the facts with complicated plots, complicated <laughs> issues. Or technology and, sorry, or something technology like that, technology. forensic yeah. evidence. Oh, well, yes, and also, you see, the, the, the statutory post-mortem examination which uh, occurs in, in such novels but doesn't occur in mine, we have yeah. no... We don't have post-mortem examinations. Mm. <laughs> like. But these days, many novels, you've got to have it by page three yeah. or the, the readers feel um, that they've been cheated of something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and but and did you also have in mind that it would become a series as well?
2: No, I didn't. That's the interesting thing that I thought when I wrote the first book in what became the Number One Ladies tax Agency series, so the first book, as the title, the number one ladies' detective agency, I have no idea that I would write another one, and it, it was the suggestion of the publisher ah. uh, that I I should do that, because we met <coughs> we met with a small measure of success with that first book. It was mm-hmm. published by a, um, an imprint that at that stage was. <laughs> Was was small. Of course, it's very much bigger now. <laughs> that's Polygon. In, that's <laughs> Polygon. Well, Polygon. You see, in 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 those days, Polygon yeah. was owned by Edinburgh University Press and yeah. was part of the Edinburgh University Press publishing setup. Uh, and it was, it was much smaller mm. uh, and um, so the print runs weren't, uh, weren't very long mm-hmm. uh, but they published some very nice very nice books I
0: remember the, the, the first because oh, I was a bookseller at the time yes, <laughs> yes. well there you are
2: <laughs> and uh, well you remember that, that first one yeah. and um, then they, they, they did a, a, re- a reprint of that and then they said well how about doing a sequel and I did uh, a, a book called Tears of the Giraffe mm-hmm. and uh, at that stage Uh, I was pretty hands-on in relation to covers, Mm -hmm. and I remember the Tears of the Giraffe uh, cover. um, I actually designed myself uh, from a stamp in my uh, stamp uh, album, a a very old stamp from Mozambique, uh, which had, as was appropriate, um, a giraffe uh, (laughs) on it, and it was a really lovely image. Um, well out of copyright, I hastened by that. <laughs> and so uh, I scanned the stamp in and, and that became the, uh, the, the, the cover of that first uh-huh. book. So it, it, was, uh, it was at that stage a, a fairly small concern and I, I really didn't anticipate that it would, uh, it would turn into a, a very long running series. Um, but two books led to three books led to four books,
1: yeah. and, and so on. And um, <laughs> how has writing about Mara Ramotswe and um, her world sort of changed your relationship to Botswana? Because you were working there before you started writing um, about her stories. Um, and now you go regularly, yes. but for a, different, for a different sort of experience. Yes, it's,
2: it's, uh, I suppose it, it did change my relationship with Botswana in in an important way, in that um, I then became aware of the fact that I was um, talking about Botswana to a fairly wide mm. audience. Mm. And there are certain responsibilities that I think that, that go with that. Mm. So it made me, uh, I suppose, um, understandably, um, careful about what I, what I s- said because now anything that I said about Botswana wouldn't just be conversation amongst friends or mm, something yes. that's all. Yeah. Uh, as it happens, um, everything that I've ever wanted to say about Botswana has been positive mm. because I'm a great admirer of the country and mm. I've never made any secret of that. Yeah. So, uh, but, but nonetheless, it, 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 it made me, I suppose, um, a public commentator on the on the country, and um, I I was aware that I had certain responsibilities um, in that uh, in that in that role. So a private conversation with the country had become a public conversation yes. with the country. Yes. But I was perfectly um, happy to continue to be positive because that's how I feel about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, and. How do you feel now about going back to, to when you go to write the next one? Is it kind of like summoning an old friend? Is it? <laughs> yes,
2: that's a very, uh, very appropriate way of, of putting it. It's, it's, um, it's rather like sitting down with an old friend uh, from whom you've been parted mm. uh, for a year or so and starting uh, a new conversation. Um, taking up in a sense where you left off yeah. I feel that I don't really have to reintroduce myself to Mara mm. Matsui she doesn't feel she has to reintroduce herself <laughs> to me uh, of course when you're writing a series one issue uh, which crops up is the extent to which you uh, will explain to the reader what has happened before because yeah. you're aware of the fact that there will be people who will be coming into the series mm-hmm. uh, later on so that's a delicate balance mm. that has to be achieved there where you uh, can say a little bit about uh, what has gone before but you don't really want to be a huge story part, every story a huge backstory yeah. every time will actually be uh, will irritate the reader because the, mm. the reader will say well I, I, I already know that so a delicate brush is required yeah. uh, in, in, in that respect but it's it's always nice going back to the same characters and I'm very much a serial novelist I, mm. I do a lot of series of of, of novels, and uh, there's a particular pleasure in re-encountering uh, a character um, whom you've created in an earlier book. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 very nice. There's the pleasure of the, of the familiar, and I think that, I suspect, is what readers feel. Certainly mm. when I read a uh, series of books, for example, I'm a fan of Patrick O'Brien uh-huh. and it's always wonderful going back to the, the world of Jack Aubrey and Stephen Maturin,
0: And is it hard <clears throat> to keep, I mean, because you, you do do a lot of serial novels, to keep what the characters have done in your head previously, to then when you go back to the to the new one, that's, that's quite a lot of storylines to keep in your head. It own. is, yes,
2: <laughs> and indeed. Um, uh, some of us uh, don't do that uh, terribly well. And there I'm, I'm referring to myself. Because uh, <laughs> I always think, you know,
0: it's like Coronation Street or, or a soap yes, yes. opera or oh, something, yeah. you, and you just think that character wouldn't act like that because <laughs> in 1969 they yeah. said this. Yes, indeed. but there you see the
2: difference is that with uh, with uh, something like The Archers, for example, yeah. uh, on Radio Four, that they will have a whole um, team of archivists yes. Uh, yes. who will keep a very clear. Uh, record uh, of what has gone before, whereas um, in my case, uh, I, I think there are things, well I know there are things that I, I forget about it. and then you will get the occasional inconsistency
0: uh, Do you get um, readers comment? Oh, tonight? readers love ah. that oh, there nothing, There's
2: nothing that a reader likes more than to discover that the author's made a mistake <laughs> <laughs> absolutely love it and of course uh, the readers then helpfully write to you to point Sometimes years after the mistakes have mm. been made, yeah. Yeah. it's very, very good of them. Very, very, very kind.
0: And you know, the latest detective agency has become a phenomenon. Not just a series of books. You know, there's been screen adaptations. there have been spin-offs in children's books. has mm. been you. You had a project with an opera house in Botswana mm. as mm. well. How how did how did you how did you approach all these different projects and. Well, does it still amaze you to this day that this creation that you, you, you made t- 20 years ago has, has that such massive impact on all strands of culture? Yes,
2: it, it's, uh, w- well it does amaze me that and uh, I, uh, I suppose I'm used to it now in that in it has happened and I've become accustomed to, to that but I still feel an extraordinary sense of privilege when I go, for example, to a literary event, mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment we're having this conversation at the Hay Festival, mm-hmm. where I'll be doing uh, a quite a large uh, event, um, it, uh, it, it, it really, I, I don't know how to put it. I, I suppose I would say I'm, I'm, I feel grateful that there are people uh, for whom Maramotsri is a, is a friend. Mm-hmm. And that's something which really strikes me uh, that I meet uh, these many thousands of people every year on my my travels mm-hmm. all, all over the world, and all of these people I meet, um, or many of them, uh, actually have a relationship with these fictional characters or, or say things uh, like, Mara Natsui is my friend, or I'm very fond of Mara, and, yeah. and that is, that's a, a wonderful, wonderful f- feeling um, for, for the author, uh, because authors like the thought that they're, they're communicating with, mm. with people. Uh, I, As I say, I'm, I'm, I'm used to that now. And, and, it, and in a sense, when I meet somebody who's particularly close to Mara Motsuri and who's, who's maybe read most of the books or all of the books and, and has spent a lot of time in her, her company, I feel in the sense that I don't know Mara Motsuri any better than that person. Right. Uh, I feel as if we've just got this mutual friend We both (laughs) happened, and uh, so it it is a nice, it it is a nice feeling. And I think the same with some of my other characters from the other uh, other series, my Scotland Street series. Has a character called Little Bertie, and Bertie is
0: very very popular. (laughs) He's become Um, a child to us all, hasn't he? (laughs) And and there, there
2: are, I mean, I regularly people. Say that they've named their babies after Bertie or their dogs. There were lots of Bertie <laughs> <dirty laughs> dogs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're not having a new Scotland Street <coughs> this year, um, but probably another one next year. Yes, I'm going
2: to start writing it in this calendar year, mm-hmm. um, and it will start in the Scotsman newspaper um, in December mm-hmm. of 2018. Uh, but you will be publishing that.
1: Uh, in its normal sl- slot next year yeah. I assume sometime in the summer <laughs> in 2019 <laughs> so does this mean that Bertie will be having Christmas? Uh, Bert, well that's a thought Bertie's isn't it? Christmas. Um Christmas
2: that, that is a very interesting <laughs> thought I, I'll, I'll have to think about that because usually these these novels uh, take place in the summer my mm. Edinburgh novels my Isabel Dalhousie series and my Scotland Street series all seem to occur in the summer um, people go out in the summer oh, yeah that's right,
1: see <laughs> yeah. <exactly laughs> right. not all down Edim- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Edinburgh's very outward looking in the summer it's outward thing. looking and Different also I,
2: I, like, I like talking about the, the, the long evenings and the, we, we've got yeah. to have people doing things in the evenings <laughs> yes. and uh, I think uh, that's why I, I don't write about winter that's a very interesting thing you know, I haven't really thought about that yeah. very much but actually the, the seasons in, in, in my books it's, it's this perpetual summer. Yes. And of course it's always a rather good summer.
1: <laughs> right, right. And so, so in a way, um, there's a sort of... Yes, the sunshine is just a constant feature, isn't the, the it? <laughs> of all the series. Well, it, it is, yes. Whether I mean, they're set in Scotland or not. I, I think the
2: climate, the climate of a book uh, is, 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 is a consideration mm. and it plays a role along with the place. I think the weather uh, has a role in... in, in I suppose how the reader feels. Yeah, Yeah. And And
0: definitely in Edinburgh life as well.
2: Yeah, and definitely in in real life as well. Uh, In Maura Maltry's case, in the number one lady detective agency case, often the books take place in the hot season Mm. when they're waiting for rain and the rain usually arrives by the end of the book. (laughs) And uh, so we see the build-up of these purple rain clouds, of course. That in Africa is a wonderful, wonderful sight, because there's the parched land, really desperate for for rain. Uh, It's all brown, and then uh, in in the distance you see these purple rain clouds um, building up, and there's a great sense of anticipation, human anticipation as well as animal anticipation. Everybody's aware of the fact that suddenly the wind is going to start blowing and there'll be that extraordinary smell of rain. Mm. I don't know what causes it, but it's, <laughs> there's some chemical explanation. I don't know whether it's ozone or oxygen or dust or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but that's very, very characteristic smell of rain in, 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 a, dry, in a dry landscape. And then the ra- rains arrive and Mara re-sees all this and then suddenly the land starts to turn green again and mm-hmm. the land breathes. So that always happens. So um, yes, uh, climatic considerations are important, <laughs> right? <laughs> and
1: they d- dictate the rhythm, the yes. rhythm of, of a life, book. Yeah. And uh, but Bertie, of course, has been six and uh, for many, many, years, many years. Years. Uh, eight years. and is now seven. <laughs> yes. and like I see Simpsons, <laughs> but and, no, <laughs> yeah. and I can the never but I can see how uh, factoring seasons in might make that tricky. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yes, well, I I don't think that one really has to worry too much about chronological issues as a novelist. There are (laughs) some novelists who who do. Uh, I mean, my my friend and neighbour, Ian Rankin. Yeah. Um, put his uh, main character into a real time frame, mm. and of course, then he hits retirement. I know, and so that posed a bit of a problem. And I should <laughs> imagine the, the the publishers were saying, you know, don't worry about the retirement
1: age these days. <laughs> and, it's uh, always going to go up anyway. It's always <laughs> going to go up. <laughs> so when we have in, uh,
2: Expec- Inspector Rebus still soldiering on age ninety <laughs> yes. and uh, refusing to to retire, mm. but uh, I think I think that you can can have a sort of um, odd chronological sense uh, the, my, my books probably are a bit anachronistic in that mm. sense in that I don't really um, obey um, the requirements of a strict chronological approach but yes.
0: that's probably what makes them timeless mm-hmm. as well well I think if you want yeah. to do yeah. that if you,
2: want to, if you want to be read beyond the immediate moment then mm-hmm. you would do that so I don't have uh, various technical um, innovations um, such as um, um, mobile phones in my book. Yeah. Nobody speaks on the mobile phone. Um, they speak on landlines. Mm. Uh, also, computers are very rarely mentioned. I've started to mention email and it's well done, <laughs> I see, but uh, prior to that uh, recent um, mention of it, uh, it, didn't, it didn't exist. Well, I think people are quite happy to uninvent things. Mm. I mean, they look, at, look around at their lives and they see this very very frenzied life with the pace uh, of life being so quick yeah. and they say I want it to slow down I think a lot of people yeah actually want their lives to slow down mm-hmm. all of us I think yeah. would like to do that
0: yeah and so in, in Precious's world and um, in the next um, case she is entering into politics.
2: Well, she is in a very, <laughs> very small way. There's a, a vacancy on the local council, and she comes under great pressure from Ma to stand for mm-hmm. election to the local council. Um, I don't want to give away what yeah. happens, but uh, put it this way. Um, Mara isn't a natural politician (laughs) Uh, and that's a a good thing well (laughs) it is because Mara Mara doesn't believe in promising things that you can't deliver on Mm. now that immediately rules her out for Mm. a political career because that's exactly what politicians do I mean show me a politician who doesn't make um, really, rather attractive promises, yeah. uh, and the promise may be in the form of "I'm going to do far better than the last person," yeah. or "I'm going to give you many more things than the last person gave you." And I think most of the politicians' uh, whose activities that I have observed in recent years <laughs> fall into that latter category, yeah. you know, saying, "You know, you can have free sandwiches for life." <laughs> that would course, be a good policy. <laughs> well, yes, and of course. Uh, whereas I think politicians uh, can combine uh, comments um, about, about what they're going to offer with uh, a certain amount of realistic uh, conversation mm. about yes. how they can't do everything. I think politicians should say, look, I'm not um, Superman or Wonder Woman. Mm. I'm actually a mere, a mere human, but I will do my best. Yeah. That, of course, is what Mara Motzvi says on her, uh-huh. p- yes. uh, her poster in this book. She says... I, I, I can't do very much but I'll do, I'll do my best and <laughs> of course everybody laughs, laughs and says that's not what you say as, a, as a, 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 a politician
0: So that one's coming in September
2: That's coming in September
0: And you've also got a book coming out with um, Polygon just before that which is a collection of personally um, chosen poetry
2: Yes, I very much enjoyed uh, bringing that anthology uh, together um, It's a collection of poems uh, all of them Scottish poems, mm-hmm. uh, as it happens, uh, but um, poems that uh, I particularly like uh, from poets um, whose voice I approve of, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> starting fairly early with some very early stuff and um, um, ending. It's not all that contemporary in the sense that we don't have poems from the last few decades, mm-hmm. but I think we've had, had to find a cut-off point. And uh, they're all, um, in my view, uh, wonderful, yeah. uh, wonderful poems by uh, quite quite different poets. Uh, poetry is something that's very personal, mm-hmm. uh, and I think um, people quite like um, seeing what the personal choice of other people yes. Uh, yes. happens to happens to be um, I- interspersed between the poems. There are various reflections of mine. Um, on uh, on the poem mm-hmm. and on the work of the poet and a little bit of information about the the the, the poem and, uh, and and its poet uh, and it was it was a sheer delight um, uh, doing doing that. Book.
1: Yeah. Do you have a memory of um, the first Scottish poetry that you encountered, mm. or sort of encountering a Scottish poet for the first time?
2: Well, I I've certainly, uh, when I was a boy, uh, I remember reading Burns, and I think that probably is is something that will chime with an awful lot of people who yeah. probably were exposed to some of the better known of per- uh, Burns' poems yes. as as a youngster. And I remember being tremendously moved uh, by uh, um, uh, A Man's A Man for All That. Mm. I, I really do, I really remember being um, moved to, t- to tears by that, interestingly mm. enough, as, a, as a, a young teenager, I think. Uh, it was something that just struck me as being so profound and, and um, so true. Uh, so the, there was that, and then obvious other, other ones, the bones, you know, to, to, to the mouse, and, uh, that, which I'm happy to say I put into the, into the collection. <laughs> and then, uh, as a student, I started to read um, uh, 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 Scottish poetry more, um, more, more keenly and, and in, in greater depth. And I remember one of the um, earliest books of poetry that I bought with my own money um, as a student was uh, one of George Bruce's uh, volumes uh, he was a poet of the northeast, uh, and I thought a very, a very fine one and I remember buying this uh, this book it was published by Edinburgh University Press actually mm. beautiful edition and I also remember buying uh, Maurice Lindsay's Anthology of Scottish Poetry uh, around about the same time as a student then I actually started to collect it over the years. I bought um, uh, books of Scottish poetry, collections, various individual collections, anthologies as well, and built up quite a nice personal uh, collection. Uh, I l- looked for, example, for the um, w- books that have published by uh, William MacLellan in his Poetry Scotland series, mm. uh, beautifully produced books, um, illustrated by. Prominent um, artists of the day, um, including George Bain uh, William Crosby, and others uh, and so um, the, in that way i I familiarized myself with the the main contours of of, uh, of Scottish poetry and and loved it I, I remember being very um, very taken with McDermott. Um Mcdermott i think is um, her, um, Obviously, a very important poet who, who mm-hmm. played this absolutely crucial role in the Scots poetry re- rena- mm. renaissance of the '50s, '60s. Uh, nowadays, I think um, I'm I'm more, uh, I suppose, I'm more cautious about quite a lot of. McDermott yeah, he's. Uh, it's it's. It he
0: has a difficult reputation. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: has he has a difficult reputation. I think you know he was he was certainly not. Not uh, perhaps the easiest of people, but mm. a, a remarkable person. Yeah. And uh, some of the uh, work is just absolutely beautiful. Mm. I think um, poems like Island Funeral uh, are just uh, very, very fine poems. And then you get these very, very long, uh, peculiar poems in the uh, the lemon poems. Uh, you know that sort of uh, that sort of thing is. Um, He's a little bit, is uh, a little bit wordy, <laughs> but of course, you know, n- none of us is perfect. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, I, I admired, uh, admired him. Once reading tastes change, of course. I remember. Yes. Did you ever
0: meet him? I did. Mm-hmm.
2: I did. I, I met him on two occasions, and I'm glad that I met him. Uh, on one occasion, uh, it was um, at a meeting in, in Edinburgh, uh, a dinner. And I had a conversation with him. Uh, he was uh, he was in very good form. Mm-hmm. Um, he um, uh, was <laughs> I can imagine they'd ba- be
0: quite interesting company. <laughs> Did you find him intimidating or
2: no? Because he was he was um, very uh, he w- was on that particular evening. I think he could be intimidating, mm. but on that particular evening, he was he was uh, utterly charming, <laughs> and uh, he was he was in, in a very good mood, and and it was very very pleasant. Uh, a pleasant meeting uh of course um because he was a I
0: champion flighter you know oh <laughs> yes
2: yes he would certainly fight with the best but um i i think the li- life doesn't involve regrets about not making the effort to mm. go and see people uh, that you later think oh i wish i had gone along to see that person when when he was alive and of course authors and poets are usually quite happy to meet people who want to talk about their, mm. their work and may, may, you know, will certainly be very happy to say hello and have a small conversation at least. And so I wish that I had uh, spent a bit more time talking to Hamish Henderson, ah. uh, whom I knew um, slightly mm-hmm. and would occasionally see. Uh, I wish that I'd actually gone and talked to him in a more... Mm-hmm. Deliberate, organised way, and asked him certain things that I would now like to to yeah. to ask him because I very much admire um, his work. Some of those beautiful um, songs that he mm-hmm. wrote, um, "Farewell the Banks of Sicily," "The um, Farewell to Sicily" is a yeah. lovely, lovely poem. I remember uh, hearing him sing that in George Square years ago. Um, he was a very uh, large man, tall man. Yeah. Um, a slightly shambolic appearance, <laughs> and uh, but with this lovely, um, uh, gentle face, mm-hmm. uh, smile with teeth all. Over face. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> he was, uh, and uh, he sat on the table, and sang, uh, without accompaniment, um, the Sicily uh, song. Wow. And it was, I find that a really, really moving, yeah. a piece of work, and his war war poetry was. Um, um, magnificent. I mm. also heard him sing um, uh, "Freedom Come On oh, Ye," yeah. uh, which is, uh, I think, the most remarkable, remarkable work. So I wish that I had um, uh, had met. Um, uh, I wish that I had mastered what I like to have met. I, I would like to meet. Do George. you
0: mean a lot of the Renaissance? No, powers. I didn't. I knew
2: a f- I knew a few of them, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I I I didn't I didn't know George Mackay Brown. Of uh, course, he 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 tended, I think he was quite reclusive, he
0: mm. tended mm. to,
2: um, but I wish that I'd gone up to Stromness or whatever it was and mm. actually uh, said, said hello. Um, of course, at that stage, uh, you know, then that was before I was established as a writer and um, it, it was uh, looking up at these figures from down below, uh, although they usually were happy to be looked at. So did uh, you
0: ever go to Milnes or Sandy Bells? or? <laughs> I, w- I went
2: to Sandy Bells from from time to time because mm. uh, yeah and um, Sandy Bells uh, at that stage and I, th- I think they still have music there but I don't know mm. whether they have quite as much uh, Scottish folk music because mm. somebody said to me recently that, that they'd gone to Sandy Bells and it, it had all been country and western or something right. <laughs> which of course is not why we go to Sandy <laughs> <laughs> um I did see Auden once, and ah. I um, certainly um, made eye contact with uh, <laughs> Auden, uh, which was that I was sitting at this poetry, I was sitting right in front, and yeah. you know he looked at the audience, and we, 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 he didn't say good evening to me, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, I felt that he, that he had, uh, and that was fairly shortly before his death and it was uh, I'm really really pleased that at least I saw Mm. him and that I heard him in the flesh uh, reciting his poetry because he he didn't he didn't need a text as far as I recall it came came from memory and that was uh, that was a a, a wonderful occasion and I had no idea at that stage that I would develop quite as intense an interest in Orton's work Mm -hmm. as I later did and that I would end up writing a book about Mm Orton's work um, but there but there we are
1: and so you found did you find in, imbo- like seeing the author and hearing his voice and mm-hmm. just sort of it, it, the embodiment of it to be complementary to the per- poet y- yes
2: mm-hmm. i I think that uh in Ordon's case uh I think um, it it helps to hear him mm. uh, read and of course there are a number of recordings that one can get Um uh, uh, because it's a very, very distinctive voice. And I think that listening to the poet, uh, reading his work or reciting his work, uh, in that case actually um, helps you to understand how it should sound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Auden had this rather strange uh, accent. It was it can only be described as mid-Atlantic. <laughs> because, uh, as you know, he went to um, live in America in 1939, Somewhat controversially, yeah, and he um, ther- thereafter he, I think as a matter of self defence in the United States you you have to flatten your vowels mm-hmm. because if you start talking about taking a bath <laughs> they all, they, nobody understands no. what you're wanting to say, so, and so they if, also
1: suggest maybe you should take a shower instead well they'd, well, they'd suggest a shower instead but uh, I,
2: th- I think that americans are becoming more attuned to the different sorts of english now yeah uh because they're being exposed to different versions of english which i think we've always been exposed to yeah. so uh, uh voice um was um it's a slightly uh it was a, a, a slightly pedantic uh, or di- uh, well pedantic prosody is the right word uh precise yeah uh, which uh, which of course is the sort of english which would, would have been spoken in the nineteen thirties i mean nineteen twenties, 1930s, yes. 1930s mm. uh and which is very uh, which is very easy on the ear uh i like hearing clear diction mm. uh, and Auden certainly um had that slightly nasal um but i um, I, I just, uh, I loved his work and uh, I'm so sorry that I can't put Auden into this anthology mm. that I've selected the Scottish verses. <laughs> <first. laughs> we make him an honorary Scot? Yeah. Well, he did, live in, he did live in Scotland, as you know. Oh, he a yeah, yeah, no, novel no, about that yes. actually. Larchfield. Yeah. Larchfield, oh, uh, ah, which, which yeah. I, I, I reviewed somewhere. Mm. And uh, I, uh, I, I found that very interesting a very intriguing book. Yes.
1: Do you feel that your own voice has been quite set since you started writing uh, I mean I suppose yeah. there's different voices the voice in which you speak and the voice in which you yes, write and what yeah. have you but you feel that you, yours has been fairly constant like if you look back to something you wrote say 30 or 40 years ago well I <laughs> think that one doesn't like to look back
2: to one's juvenilia I mean yeah. some, some people are honest about their juvenilia and they they face it and they, uh, but I th- I think uh, I would look back the, uh, to the very early stuff that I did, I mean, the stuff that I read, for example, when I was a student. Yes. Uh, was writing, uh, and I I I'd, I'd say, oh my goodness, um, who did that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Do you uh, feel
0: the same about your early published work? No, no, no.
2: I I th- I think that once once I i, f- I found my voice. Um, that, I think probably would be remained fairly, mm. fairly constant. Uh, not to say that uh, there haven't been some evolutions mm. uh, stylistic. Uh, I think um, there 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 have been, uh, but uh, and of course one becomes more practiced. That's that's a yes. very important thing. Writing is exactly the same uh, in a sense as playing the piano. Mm. Uh, you actually, as you practice, you become more adept at the scales and. And I, I, I think that um, my, my writing has, has, has perhaps become, a, uh, the writing process has become easier. Mm. And uh, I think that uh, also um, you're probably going to make fewer mistakes if you're paying attention. Mm. You're going to make fewer mistakes. You're going to realise certain things about writing. Uh, you're going to um, develop, um, I suppose you're going to observe certain rules that, that you, you, you've discovered in Yourself mm. in writing, such as keep yourself out of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that's really important. That's what I actually often say when a, a young writer mm. asks mm. me for my advice. I will say um, really keep the first person um, pronoun out yes. of uh, out of it, right. and uh, remember that you you've got this certain uh, objectivity. Is what,
1: and um, and the, but the style can still be distinctively yours, mm. even Starting if you're yours. not there, even yes. if there's no I. Yeah, I think I think, that's I th- I think that, that's, uh, that that's 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 right.
2: Mm-hmm. So you you really, um, I suppose you should read your read aloud what you've written, and see how it sounds. If it sounds natural to you, yeah. uh, then then it's your voice. But if it sounds stilted or awkward then perhaps you, you're, not, you're not really attuned yeah. to your own voice yet.
1: Yeah, mm. and um, as you say, it's so much a matter of practice and playing the, like, like playing the piano. Yeah. This year you've got at least five books coming yes. out. <laughs> um, as we were saying, the Poetry Collection yeah. and the new number one. Isabel Dalhaisie's Quiet yes. Side of Passion is just out in hardback now. That's right, yes. There are paperback books. This I know you're, you're
0: probably one of the most, if not the most, prolific author working in
1: Scotland today. <laughs> absolutely. And <laughs> absolutely one of the most You must be quite disciplined celebrated. in...
2: Well, yeah you, yeah, you have to be. Well, I personally, thing I'd say about all that um, is that uh, I enjoy doing it. Mm. Uh, and I think if I didn't, uh, I wouldn't. Mm. Um, but I do enjoy doing it. and, and the reason why I perhaps write uh, maybe a little bit more than, 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 than others is that uh, I want to, want to write these books mm. and uh, they're pressing.